off with short prayer. And we'll go ahead and start. <laughs> Father, Jesus, great I am. May you anoint us and guide us, Jesus. May you guide us through your scriptures and your word, Jesus. May you guide us, Jesus, towards your truths, Jesus. For your word, Jesus, is a sharp sword, Jesus. A sword of truth, Jesus. There are many truths, Jesus, in your Bible, Jesus. May you lead us, Jesus, into personal revelations, Jesus. Dreams, Jesus, and visions, Jesus. Personal for us, Jesus. May you help us and give us understanding and words of knowledge and wisdom, Jesus. By the power of your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Blanket us in your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Jesus. To help us in understanding, Jesus, what you mean, Jesus. That you are our teacher and our, and our comforter, Jesus, and our guide, Jesus. That you provide us with the things that we need every day, Jesus. Guide us all, anoint us all, Jesus. Guide my words. Guide the scriptures that you have um, pointed out to me, Jesus. Bless us in our fellowship. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray and we say hallelujah. Amen. In the holy name of Jesus. And so this sermon, this particular one, is called Righteous Judgment and Gathering. And part of the reason for that is because of how close Jesus currently is and his um, righteous judgment that is uh, approaching. So he is um, judging, I already started. He's, he's judging, he judged the earth. He judges the earth, he comes to judge the earth and he's, he's coming to, to gather the multitude, the saints, the body and the church and so the first scripture that jesus led me to was um is romans 12 12 to 21 <coughs> excuse me so if we read in romans 12 12 to 21 we can read here rejoicing in hope Patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing, distributing to the necessity of saints, given the hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, we go into 13. It continues. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. 
For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the <coughs> armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for, th for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And going into 14. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Okay, so somebody who's weak in the faith, don't receive them into... into um so that they're, they're taking away and from it with, with arguments by disputing about it. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. For he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and give, giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? For why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
So everybody, everybody's going to stand before the judgment seat, the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody's going to stand there. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Okay, everyone. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And so in the last sermon, we read a little bit about this, um, this judgment. Okay, and so even when we read the Bible, we get a, a, a taste of this when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt. And so if we go back to Joshua, Jesus led me to Joshua 3. Um, he describes a little bit of, of, of this, and we can get a, a feeling of, of this. And he, he um, in, in this chapter in Joshua, um, is described, it's a, um, a summed up um, version of what happened during those 40 years. And so if we turn back to Joshua 3, Joshua 3, 14 through 17. Joshua 3, 14 through 17. It says, And it came to pass when the people removed their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And so again, you know, with what happened um, during the Red Sea crossing, it happened again in the Jordan River. And um, we watched a video not too long ago in one of the last sermons where it actually, um, in the video, it describes that when that happened, it was way more um, supernatural, way more incredible than um, when we're just reading it here, that that Jordan River was way bigger than just a stream. It was way bigger than just a small river. It was a huge, humongous river. And when those waters um, stood up, they were standing up um, about 100 feet in the air. And so this is... This is um, when Israel finally came into the promised land, this is the first place that they have to cross over was the Jordan to come into the literal promised land. And it's, so going into chapter 4 of Joshua says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, 
and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time come, time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord spoke unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there <clears throat> unto this day. For the priests which bear the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. They hurried and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priest in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of the Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of the Jordan. And the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place, and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal, and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry, ground, dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Now we go into 5, Joshua 5, we're going to go from 1 to 15. And it says, And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel, until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children 
of Israel. And like I said, it wasn't a, a small thing. It was a really <coughs> incredible thing that could be seen for miles. And so these other kings and these nations heard about this and seen it, could see it from far off, and people were telling them, so they were afraid. It says, neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel, because of what God did, because of what Jesus did. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were males. Even all the men of war died in the wilderness by the way. As they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers, that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. That was his righteous judgment. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, in place of them, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circum that they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal until unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow, on the next day after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn on the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the, on the morrow, or the manna ceased on the next day. So the manna that God gave them in the in the desert when they didn't have any food and he, and he rained manna down from um, from the sky, it stopped because this is the first time that they partook. They they ate of the 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 um the crops and the vegetables and the fruit of the land of the the promised land. This is the first time that they ate of it. So Nezuso says, after they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? So are you with us or against us? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. So it was an angel. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. And so in a way, God 
gathered these these children of, of Israel after their fathers were righteously judged. And so we're going to go even further into that. If we turn to Psalm 95, Jesus led me to Psalm 95. We can read a little bit more about that. And this is David, inspired by God, writing these words. He says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice. Okay, and so if he created all those things, he, he can, he's the only one that can deliver righteous judgment. Every judgment he makes is righteous. It says, harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. And so that rest, that rest was when they came into the promised land. That was the, that was the rest that he's talking about. And so that was a righteous judgment. That was, that was, um, a judgment that had to be carried out because if we remember um, going back into the end of Exodus <clears throat> and going into um, Leviticus, there was a lot of complaining. They complained a lot, you know, about the manna. They complained a lot about um, Moses and the judgments that God was God was giving. Um, and speaking through him. And so the, this is what we're looking at when we see righteous judgment. And then the gathering. You know, there's a gathering before the, the judgment. And then there's also a gathering after the judgment. Because there's a certain portion of people that's, that's, that are judged in a certain way. And then a certain portion of people that are judged after. And we know in the future... There is a gathering and then a judgment. And it talks about that in the book of Revelation. We just read that in the last sermon. <clears throat> so if we look and go up to, um, to John, John 6. Jesus led me to John 6. We can look at a good example of the gathering. John 6, 2 through 12. It says, And a great multitude followed him, this is Jesus, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh, or near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, 
Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so that the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. <clears throat> when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So even the, 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 um, what he provided for them, Jesus is saying, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. There is nothing that is lost. Remember, Jesus said that even to the disciples, he said that, that Satan will not even be able to snatch them out of my hands, out of my very hands. He's saying, gather up the fragments so that nothing is lost. Absolutely nothing is lost. That's, that's very significant. Mm -hmm. That's very significant. And so when we go to Jesus led me to Revelation 14, we already know, um, most of us know, when we read Revelation 14, when, when Jesus talks about gathering the harvest, we know what that means, and we know that that time is fast approaching. Revelation 14, 14 through 16. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. The harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And so he's saying in the last scripture, gather up all, the, all that remains so that nothing is lost. Jesus said he wants everyone to come to him. Everyone to come to the truth. Everyone to receive his Holy Spirit so that no one is lost. This is part of the gathering. This is part of the righteous judgment. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He doesn't want anyone to be left behind. When we talk about the, um, the rapture, when we talk about um, the seven last plagues, and we talk about this great tribulation, he doesn't want anyone left behind. This is a this is a big part of that that gathering. He he doesn't want a, a, even a even a, a piece left behind, so that nothing is lost. Jesus led me to Romans fifteen. Romans fifteen. 
18 through 21. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me. This is Paul talking. To make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto our Lyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thither um, word by you if first i be somewhat filled with your company but now i go unto jerusalem to minister unto the saints and so paul is talking about reaching the places that haven't been reached yet and what jesus said jesus told the disciples to go out into all the parts of the earth and to preach his to preach the truth to preach the gospel to tell people what happened, to testify to them. He doesn't want anything left over. He doesn't want any any pieces to be left over. He wants he wants all that to be everyone to be gathered up. Everyone. Jesus led me to um the first Corinthians. First Corinthians three. <clears throat> first Corinthians three, one through sixteen. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul and who was Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. So Paul was talking about not building on another man's foundation, not building upon um, Jesus' foundation where he, where he had already um, preached that and they had already been delivered the, the gospel. Of course, he's, he is um, building on Jesus' foundation, but not in that way. So that the work is not... Um, it's not overlaid. The work is not overdone. It's not overworked. And now he's talking about, well, how do you how do you go about this and, and not build upon somebody else's, but also to make sure that you remain humble and say that it came from, from God. It's not, not uh, me that is to take the glory, but it's glorious to go to God. Okay? And then also that when he's talking about gathering and not leaving any pieces left over, making sure that that, um, that that foundation that you're building upon is the right foundation, that it's right, that it that remains in the, in the teaching that Jesus set out, God himself set out to preach. <clears throat> who then is Paul, who was Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? He gave it to every man. I had planted Apollos' water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. 
Ye are God's building, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. So you're supposed to take heed, you're supposed to pay attention to how you're building. For other foundation can no man lay than what that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So if it stays after the tried by fire, you're going to receive a reward in heaven and if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire know ye not that ye are the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwelleth in you and so this is part of that that's part of that judgment and he's, he's talking about the day and we're gonna we're gonna go into that day which is the day of the lord if we go just a little bit further jesus led me to first corinthians 6 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 4 says here, Are any of you having a matter against another? Go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. So if we're having an argument in the church, we're not supposed to go before, we're not supposed to go before the judges. We're not supposed to go before the court. We're supposed to go to the church, go before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? How much more things that pertain to this life? Set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. So that means the, the people who are least important in the church. Those who are who are least um, <clears throat> respected in the church. The humble. And we know what, what, what Jesus says that the meek will inherit the earth. Okay? <clears throat> and so this is what he's saying. He's saying that if we are to remain righteous, if we are to remain in him, we are to remain in Jesus and to follow his laws and his statutes, that we are, are to judge also. Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Okay? If then you have judgment of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Okay? <clears throat> So this is part of that righteous judgment that we would judge the body, the church would judge along with Jesus in a, in a sense. That's something that is not talked about. It's not talked about much. That the church, the body, that has a place in that, um, in that judgment. There's a place there in that judgment for the body. Um, Jesus led me, the next scripture, to Revelation 
um, 10. And we're going to read from Revelation 10 straight through 11. Now, it says, <clears throat> starting at line 7 in Revelation 10. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. As he hath declared to his servants the prophets, and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take that little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter, and he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread under foot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the, the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people, and of kindreds, and of tongues, and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another. Because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the God of heaven. So they were afraid. And so they finally, these people, gave glory to God. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. And the time of the dead they should be judged. 
Okay, there's the righteous judgment. And all the kingdoms of the world are given over to God. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come in the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in the heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, the ark of the, the, of the covenant. And there was lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. And great, great hail. So Jesus led me back to um, Zechariah 6. Zechariah 6. All of this is part of that, that righteous judgment. It is coming so very soon. And we've just witnessed a part of that gathering with even the two witnesses being gathered. <clears throat> Zechariah 6. And I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked and behold, there came four chariots out from between two mountains and the mountains were mountains of brass. In the first chariot were red horses and in the second chariot black horses. In the third chariot white horses and the fourth chariot grizzled and bay horses. Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horses which are therein go forth into the north country, and the white go forth after them, and grizzled go forth toward the south country. And the bay went forth and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. And he said, Get you hence walk to and fro through the earth. So they walked to and fro through the earth. Then cried he upon me and spake unto me, saying, Behold, these that go toward the north country have quieted my spirit in the north country. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Take of them of the captivity, even of Heldai, of Tobijah, and of Jediah, which are come from Babylon, and come thou the same day and go into the house of Josiah the son of Zephaniah. Then take silver and gold and make crowns and set them upon the head of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. Um, Zechariah 6. <clears throat> Behold the man whose name is the branch, and he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory. He shall bear the glory. This is talking about Jesus bearing the glory and shall sit up to and rule upon his throne. He's going to rule on his throne. That's a king. Right? And he shall be a priest. So he's a priestly king. That's only Jesus can be that. He's a priestly, the priestly king. Right? And Jesus has given us that. Upon his throne, he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. And the crown shall be to Helam, and to Tobijah, and to Jediah, and to Han the son of Zephaniah, for a memorial in the temple of the Lord. And they that are far off shall come and build in the temple of the Lord, and ye shall know the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. And this shall come to pass, if ye will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. And seven, 
And it came to pass in the fourth year of the king Darius that the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah in the fourth day of the ninth month, even in Chislu, when they had sent unto the house of God Sherezer and Regamelech and their men to pray before the Lord, and to speak unto the priests which were in the house of the Lord of hosts, and to the prophets, saying, Should I weep in the fifth month, separating myself as I have done these so many years? Then came the word of the Lord of hosts unto me, saying, Speak unto the people of the land, and to the priests, saying, When ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, even those seventy years, did ye at all fast unto me, even to me? And when ye did eat, and when ye did drink, did ye not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Should ye not hear the words which the Lord hath cried by the former prophets, when Jerusalem was inhabited in prosperity in the cities thereof round about her, when men inhabited the south and the plain? And he's saying this because after it was destroyed by Babylon, it was never inhabited the same. It was never, people never um, <clears throat> populated the city the same. And the same thing again happened after Jesus was crucified and came back to life. Jerusalem was never inhabited the same. And the word of the Lord came into Zechariah saying, Thus speak of the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. And oppress not the widow, nor the father, lest the stranger, nor the poor. And let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken, and pulled away the shoulder, and stopped their ears, that they should not hear. Yea, they, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law, and the words which the Lord of hosts have sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as, the, as he cried, and they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. Because I, but I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them, that no man passed through nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. So he's saying that it's, it's, it's the, the fault of the Israelites, Israel and Judah. If they didn't follow those laws, he said that he cried out through the prophets, through the spirit, through the prophets. They wouldn't listen. So he said, I wouldn't listen to them. It's a similar thing going on in this day. You know, we're um, celebrating these holidays, these pagan holidays, you know, um, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, some of these other things, American holidays, you know, and <clears throat> we're not listening to what, what God has to say. And so you know, people... When we ask these questions of why, why do we, why are we, uh, why do we pray? But it seems like God doesn't answer. It's the same thing. He says that if, if you cannot, if, if, if I'm crying out, if I'm crying out to you and you're not, and, and you don't hear, you don't listen, then when you cry out, I will not hear. I will not listen. He is not, we were just talking about this the other day. Jesus is not a God of partiality. And when, only when we're following his laws, only when we're following his commandments does he become his friend. But when we're not doing that, he is not our friend. He is a, a parent, more than a parent. He is the creator of all the heavens and the earth. He is the, a parent and all of that included. Okay, so if you go into 8, Zechariah 8. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy, 
and I was jealous for her with great fury. Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion and, and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, there shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for very age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in mine eyes, saith the Lord of hosts. So he's saying in that time, that he was saying that back then when they came back and they rebuilt the temple and they rebuilt the um, <clears throat> Jerusalem, that it was marvelous to them. They thought it was marvelous, but he said he wants to see it marvelous in his eyes. What does the glory of God look like? What does the vision, the glorious vision of God look like? He's not talking about back then. He's not even talking about now. Because a lot of people talk, we were watching a video the other day where, where Jesus, where, where he was, they were talking about um, that children are running through the streets now. No, he's not talking about a few Amen. children. He's talking about a multitude. He's talking about the children of Israel returning to the land. He's talking about it being Amen. plentiful. He's not talking about now. He's talking about the future. Amen. He's talking about those, those seven years. Mm -hmm. he's, ta he's also talking about the new Jerusalem. Amen. His holy mountain. He just mentioned the holy mountain. He's talking about something new. But he's also talking about the church. That's the other thing. If we stop celebrating these holidays, if we stop doing the things that he hates, if we stop being gluttonous. He says that um, <clears throat> there will be surfeiting. Surfeiting means gluttonous. It means um, um, uh, uh, lots of eating and, and, and um, taking in of food when Jesus talks about that. We talk about Thanksgiving. We talk about these other holidays. We talk about um, Easter. We talk about all of these things that have nothing to do with Jesus. <clears throat> if we're doing these things in the church, Jesus is not going to repopulate the church. And we're just not talking about people. We're, just, we're talking about repopulating the churches with the Spirit. We're talking about re repopulating the churches with miracles, with Amen. visions, with revelations, Amen. with signs, with dreams. With, with healings. This is what Jesus wants to do in the church. Amen. And this is what he's talking about. He's not just talking about Jerusalem. He's talking about the church. Amen. <clears throat> he says right here, he says, he says, marvelous in mine eyes, in his own eyes, saith the Lord of hosts. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country. I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. This hasn't happened yet. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Let your hands be strong, ye that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. Let your hands be strong. That's what he's saying. He's saying, let your hands be strong. Know that this is coming. For before these days, there was no hire for man, nor any hire for beast. Neither was there any peace to him that went out or came in because of the affliction, because <clears throat> of the captivity, because of the things that had happened. For I set all men, every one against his neighbor. 
But now I will not be unto the residue of this people as in the former days, saith the Lord of hosts. He's going to heal us. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give her fruit, that's the gathering, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heaven shall give their due. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. That's why I said that that, that exodus, that, that, that when they came out of Egypt, all the things they experienced is all going to happen again. That judgment, that gathering, that healing, that upliftment, that strengthening, all of it's happening. He's going to do it again, but in a different way when we read the book of Revelation. Look at these books, some of these books of Zechariah and Ezekiel, and they're, they're, they're companion pieces to the book of Revelation in an excellent way. Jesus did this in a, in, a, in a genius way, in his way. Like he said, marvelous in his eyes. <clears throat> For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give her fruit, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Again, let your hands be strong. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, as I thought to punish you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, saith the Lord of hosts, and I repented not. So again have I thought in these days to do well unto Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Fear ye not. These are the things that ye shall do. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Okay, that means that means speaking the testimonies that we that he has given us. Speaking those 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 ten commandments, speaking about his sermon on the mount. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates, and let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. And love no false oath, for all these are things that I hate, saith the Lord. What did we just read in Romans? Paul was just talking about that. That this is something that Jesus always talked about. Loving each other. Love your neighbor. Let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. Okay, so going back to line 18. And the word of the Lord of hosts came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth, and the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore, love the truth and peace. And so those fasts were, were, were fast, um, became fast days of repentance because of the wrong that we did. But he's saying it's going to become um, feast days. They're going to be celebration days in the future. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, it shall yet come to pass that there shall come people and inhabitants of many cities. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord, and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. This is the future. This is in Revelation. Revelation talks about this. All the nations coming to the, to the holy mountain to worship God. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem, and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days... It shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. This is the truth. This is the gathering. 
he's not he's not just he saying when we were talking about the judgment that the judgment that Jesus was going to um judge of course Jesus is the is the is the primary judge but he also brings the church his body to make some make some judgments with him and of course they're minor judgments but also he's using the body of the church to gather everyone so that not one crumb not one morsel is left behind not one person is left behind just to finish up Jesus led me to Psalm 102 Psalm 102 11 through 28 we're only going to read 11 through 28 my days are like a shadow that declineth and I am with withered like grass but thou o Lord shall endure forever and thy remembrance unto all generations thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her yea the set time is come that's Jerusalem for thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth thy glory. Remember all the nations coming to worship God. We just read about that. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. The gathering. This shall be written for the generation to come. This shall be written for the generation to come. That's now. And the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he have looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth. To hear the groaning of the prisoner. To loose those that are appointed to death. To declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. So he's talking about even people people that are locked up. People that are... Um, that are, that, you know, we say people like, oh, they're just good as dead. You know, this is what we're talking about. When the people are gathered together, the gathering and the kingdoms to serve the Lord, he weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. I said, oh, my God, take me not away in the midst of my days. Thy years are throughout all generations. Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. He's talking about now. The righteous judgment. Jesus led me to Psalm 96, where he's literally talking about the righteous judgment. In Psalm 96, O oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord hath made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. That's what all the nations are, are supposed to do at the end. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. 
the world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. That's the righteous judgment. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh for the for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. So when he says he's coming, you know, to to um to bring life to those who are deemed dead, you know, like just like we were just reading about. You know, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death. You know, people that are wrongly imprisoned, people that are wrongly condemned, <clears throat> people that are, you know, we say they're good as dead. That's what he's coming to do. Righteous judgment and the people with his truth. The last scripture that Jesus led me to was in um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 30, where he describes in, in detail. Even what we're facing in here in America. Why we have to stick to these laws. Why we have to stick to his commandments. Or he's going to righteously judge any of us who are still cleaving to these holidays. And cleaving to these, um, to this, to these, to these, um, this, this way of life. Holding on to this way of life. When Jesus says come out of her, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about places like America. And so if we read in Ezekiel 30, it says, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord God, How ye woe worth the day, for the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near. And it really is near. A cloudy day, it shall be the time of the heathen, and the sword shall come upon Egypt. This is righteous judgment. And great pain shall be in Ethiopia, when the slain shall fall in Egypt, and they shall take away her multitude, and her foundation shall be broken down. Ethiopia and Libya and Lydia and all the mingled people, and Chub and the men of the land that is in league shall fall with them by the sword. Thus saith the Lord, they also that uphold Egypt shall fall, and the pride of her power shall come down from the tower of Syene. Shall they fall in it by the sword, saith the Lord God? So he's saying that anybody or any nation that is co-signing with unrighteousness, any nation that was co-signing with greed and envy and contention and strife and covetousness and all these things that did, that God hates was going to go down with them. He says, is it? and he's saying here, he's saying, they also that uphold Egypt shall fall and the pride of her power shall come down from the tower of Syene. They shall fall in it by the sword, saith the Lord God. And they shall be desolate in the midst of the countries that are desolate. And her cities shall be in the midst of the cities that are wasted. And they shall know that I am the Lord. When I have set a fire in Egypt and when all her helpers shall be destroyed, in that day shall messengers go forth from me in ships to make the careless Ethiopians afraid and great Pain shall come upon them, as in the day of Egypt, for lo, it cometh. Thus saith the Lord God, I will also make the multitude of Egypt to cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, he and his people with him. The terrible of the nations shall be brought to destroy the land, 
and they shall draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. And I will make the rivers dry and sell the land into the hand of the wicked. And I will make the land waste and all that is therein. By the hand of strangers, I, the Lord, have spoken it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will also destroy the idols. And I will cause their images to cease out of Noph. And there shall be no more a prince of the land of Egypt. And I will put a fear in the land of Egypt. And I will make Pathros desolate. And I will set fire in Zoan. And I will execute judgments in No. And I will pour my fury upon sin, the strength of Egypt, and I will cut off the multitude of no. This is just a simple fact that he's saying he will pour his fury upon sin. It's a place, but he's pouring his fury upon. He's saying he's going to pour, his, pour out his fury simply upon sin itself. And I will set fire in Egypt. Sin shall have great pain, and no shall be rent asunder. And Noph shall have distresses daily. The young men of Avin and Pibasheth shall fall by the sword, and these cities shall go into captivity. At Tafhenes also the day shall be darkened, when I shall break there the yokes of Egypt, and the pomp of her strength shall, be, shall cease in her. As for her, a cloud shall cover her, and her daughter shall go into captivity. Thus will I execute judgments in Egypt, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the first month, in the seventh day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and lo, it shall not be bound up to be healed, to put a roller to bind it, to make it strong, to hold the sword. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and will break his arms, the strong in that which was broken. And I will cause the sword to fall out of his hand, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, and I will disperse them through the countries. And I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, and put my sword in his hand. But I will break Pharaoh's arms, and he shall groan before him with the groanings of a deadly wounded man. But I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, and the arms of Pharaoh shall fall down, and they shall know that I am the Lord. When I shall put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall stretch it out upon the land of Egypt, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them among the countries, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And so even if we go back to Revelation, <clears throat> if we go back to Revelation 11, let's just say here, Revelation 8, I mean Revelation 11, I'm sorry, Revelation 11, line 8, it says here, And their dead body shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And we learned this recently from our pastor, that this, and, and from a couple other um, places, that this, these places are... A type of Egypt we know in America is modeled after Egypt that it was modeled after Babylon it's a land full of idols and so when Jesus is speaking to for us to read this here to read Ezekiel 30 this is what he's talking about if we go to 31 and it says and it came to pass in the 11th year in the third month in the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came unto me America America has become a great 
symbol of pride. People talk about the pride of America. America the proud. America the proud. That this is this is something that God is going to tear down. And so we read right here in the first line of Ezekiel 31. And it says, And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the third month, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude, when whom art thou like in thy greatness? Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon, with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud, and of an high stature, and his top was among the thick bows. The waters made him great, the deep set him up on high, with her rivers running around about his plants, and set out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Therefore his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, and his bows were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitude of waters. When he shot forth, all the fowls of heaven made their nests in his bows and under his branches. Did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. Thus was he fair in his greatness in the length of his branches, for his root was by great waters." The cedars in the garden of God could not hide him. The fir trees were not like his bows, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches, nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. <clears throat> I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast lifted up thyself in height and have shot up his top among the thick bows and his heart is lifted up in his height, I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. He shall surely deal with him. I have driven him out for his wickedness and the strangers, the terrible of the nations have cut him off and have left him upon the mountains and in all the valleys his branches are fallen and his bows are broken by the rivers of the land and all the people of the earth are gone down from his shadow and have left him. Upon his ruin shall all the fowls of the heaven remain and all the beasts of the field shall be upon his branches to the end that none of, the, none of all the trees by the waters exalt themselves for their height neither shoot up their top among the thick bows, neither their trees stand up in their height, all that drink water, for they are all delivered unto death, to the nether parts of the earth in the midst of the children of men, with them that go down to the pit. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day when he went down to the grave, I caused a mourning, I covered the deep for him, and I restrained the floods thereof. And the great waters were stayed, and I caused Lebanon to mourn for him, and all the trees of the field fainted for him. I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall, when I cast him down to hell with them that descended to the pit, and all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of Lebanon, all that drink water shall be comforted in the nether parts of the earth. They also went down into hell with him, unto them that be slain with the sword, and to they that were his arm that dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the heathen. To whom art thou, thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? Yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden unto the nether parts of the earth. Thou shalt be in the midst of the uncircumcised, with them that be slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitudes, saith the Lord God. But this is also the same thing that happened to Jerusalem. 
This is also the same thing that happened to the Israelites in the desert. This is also the same thing that again that happened to Jerusalem when the Israelites were taken out of Babylon. It's the same thing that happened to the Israelites after um, Jesus was crucified and came back to life and ascended 70 years after his death. And it says in the scriptures, Jesus said this city will fall because they did not believe. They did not regard that God was with them. And if we don't see that God is with us, if we don't know that we have to follow his laws, that he is our creator, he is our, our father, he wants to be our friend if we follow his laws and his commandments. But he's not. he can't be our friend if we're not following it. If we are continue to do the things that he hates, if we continue to go along with this, America is destined to be destroyed. But we don't have to be destroyed with it. He wants to save us. He wants to gather us all up. He doesn't want any of us to be lost. Like he said in John 6, like he said in John 6, he doesn't want uh, even a, a piece to be left over. Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. He doesn't want any of us to be lost. And he wants to gather us all up. He doesn't want to have to um, judge us in fury and wrath on that day, the day of the Lord. He wants to, to, to gather us up. And the, the rapture to be judged compassionately. He's not a he's not a, um, a god of partiality. He wants us to do right. We have to follow those commandments. We can no longer, you know, participate in greed and gluttony and pride and envy and strife and covetousness and and competition. You know, we were just talking about that in Romans. He doesn't want us to, to get caught up in competition. Well, he wants us to love one another, love your neighbor. And so this is the message that he's speaking to us, to let go of the ways of America, to let go of places that are, are similar to that and regard him, come back to him, abide in him, follow him, follow his laws and his commandments, follow his Sermon on the Mount, follow the example that Jesus said. He wants us to follow that example. He wants the glory. He wants to, um, to, to make us glorious in his eyes. Shining from glory to glory. That's what he wants to see. Hallelujah. So we'll, we'll go ahead and end it there. And we'll see everybody. Speak to everybody. Pray with everybody on the next sermon. Thank you guys. Blessings.